Hello, and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Robert Luke, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts, and we are here just finishing our event in Dubai, Cargo Facts EMEA, and we're here with, again, Jim Edgar, Senior Consultant of Cargo Facts Consulting. Jim, what uh, what do you think of this event, and uh, what do you think were the, were the main takeaways this time? Well, I must admit, uh, going in, I had uh, expectations that we'd hear more about uh, overcapacity, uh, particularly freighter overcapacity, particularly in view of the, the economic uncertainties that uh, everybody's aware of. And... Uh, Frankly, I was pleasantly surprised that uh, that wasn't the case. Um, I heard quite the contrary. Um, my takeaways were that uh, this is a long-term business. That's no surprise. But that uh, I think uh, generally, particularly from uh, the session, the, the final session uh, that I moderated from the four lessors, that uh, they were pretty bullish uh, about the future about the need to um, upgrade uh, fleets. Um, some of the equipment's getting a little old. And I didn't detect uh, hesitancy on their part to um, commit to new investment or nor reticence from the financial community to uh, support that. I'll have to agree with you, Jim, and thanks for coming back on. One word that stuck out to me that really gave me reassurance that whether it's short term or long term, this too shall pass, is that everyone emphasized that this is cyclical. So being in the industry as leaders of the industry for multiple years, they came in fairly confident, but more importantly, comfortable that this is a situation that can be managed. From the responses that a lot of operators have been indicating, demand has still been pretty stable for the most part, and they just redirected their assets to apply to those areas of need where the demand is still strong. One of the takeaways that I, I took uh, from the event as well was that uh, the European market is still pretty uh, strong and vibrant, even from a cost perspective. They're earning more from the European sector right now, so that's a good thing. Um, I do believe that a lot of the knowledge that I came away with from this event has not only left me reassured, but it's given me confidence and uh, encouragement that all of the conversions that we're seeing coming into play now will be uh, dispersed in an appropriate manner and in an area where there is a need, and that all the operators are pretty much now starting to continue the plans that uh, were originally going to be initiated for the retirement of the older assets prior to COVID. I don't know if it's going to be accelerated or not, but they are starting to schedule the retirements out as more newer and younger conversions and factory built new builds start to come into play in the equation of this industry. So um, that's what I took away from it. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I was going to say, um, yes, the the market seems to be slowing down and we know that, um, but it isn't it. It is still in many cases um, better than it was in 2019 and I was also going to say there are pockets of um, opportunity and maybe even growth. Um, I remember um, your session with um, Air Atlanta Icelandic and Mina Cargo where um, Baldwin was saying that 
um, he didn't. He wasn't actually seeing um, a dramatic decrease um, in their operations and block hours. Yes, a slight decrease, but they are still already fully locked in for for the next uh, one to two years, right? And um, and the other thing is that uh, Iman was also saying how um, they see opportunity, and this is why they're they're excited about their launch and their upcoming growth. Um, and their network. Um, and on a similar note, th uh, this morning with uh, Hamdi on the Africa panel, he was saying actually this is the best time to be launching a new operation, a new airline. Um, so yeah, there, there are, just because the market is slowing doesn't mean there aren't um, opportunities for growth. And most of these operators, as well as the lessers, are always projecting a minimum of five years out. Uh, while they still manage their day-to-day operational needs. And one thing, as I piggyback off of what you said, and definitely want to recognize Iman Marco and Baldwin Hermanson, and thank both Air Atlantic, Icelandic, and Asia Cargo Network for joining us this week, is that everyone seems to be really, really excited about Saudi 2030. That seems to be a very strong proponent. And even Teddy in your session mentioned that, um, you know, that was something that they were very encouraged by looking forward to. And it's more like a unification of all of the uh, logistical assets from the ground, rail and air transportation modes that are starting to uh, kind of come together and unify their resources and their customer portfolios to kind of, uh, you know, generate uh, the more revenue possible within the region. So, um, again, I, I don't think that we're going to have uh, clear blue skies, but when it rains, I don't think it's going to pour. Yeah, and, and uh, Jörg, uh, Andrioff on your session, Jim, he was also saying he actually expected more more operators, more airlines to, um, or if they're not already, to become more interested or even to actually get into wide body freighters, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, thinking <clears throat> with my decades of uh, experience, I don't sense a a doom and gloom, uh, you know, past downturns, and we've certainly had more than our fair share. And I, without getting too carried away, um, I really think uh, it's possible for somebody to um, cite a real paradigm shift during the pandemic when the, the value and importance and criticality of air cargo was emphasized. And I think back to the, uh, the air show that you attended, Jeff, and, the preponderance of activities and stories that were generated. I've just never seen anything like that in years past. So what I'm thinking is that if maybe there's a new realization and appreciation of the role and value of air cargo and freighters um, and uh, through a wider audience than ever before, and that might be contributing to a more balanced view of uh, market weakness, and taking the long view on uh, filling capacity needs instead of retrenching immediately. And uh, so, you know, maybe it's part of uh, what people realize, remember the supply chain crisis, and people are saying, hey, this, this uh, air cargo is really, really fundamentally important for a uh, healthy economy, even in times when it's not so strong. Agreed. And we're seeing um, not just the traditional players, we're seeing smaller um, players entering the, the market. Um, 
and I'm talking about both Farnborough and here, but we've been talking to some um, interesting new, potentially new players. Um, and maybe that isn't too surprising because with some of the larger um, groups, it's it, things um, don't happen at, at quite the same pace. They can't suddenly um, make investments or, or big decisions like that um, as quickly as some of the, the smaller players. Um, so it is interesting and, and yeah, we'll, we'll continue to follow up on some of these um, potentially new players um, as, as they go along. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. And I'll say one thing that really struck out to me just now, and, and you all kind of triggered this from my memory, so thank you, was session four, where, you know, like you said, this industry is just like any other industry where there are big pieces to the puzzle and small pieces. And um, George Satuteris over at uh, KMX, Airline, KMX Airlines, excuse me if I uh, butchered your last name, but and Alex Harrington made some very valid points where Alex is saying, I am just going to stick with my A321s. I'm not going to get more than five because this is what I feel our operation is where our operation is going to maximize their profit potential. So he just told you, look, this is my space. This is where I'm going to stay and this is where I'm going to thrive. And, you know, George said, hey, the A321s are great, but the 737-800 has a well-recognized uh, brand and identity over in our region and this is what we're going to operate and you know we're going to just stay leasing right now because that's our space we're not trying to own brand new or do a full conversion that we will take complete full control over so everybody's just kind of you know had a uh you know after the uh after the party kind of settled settling down and understanding this is what we need to do to keep things moving forward now that you know we've experienced the COVID bump and massive record-breaking rate movement this is my space and and I think that's what I came away understanding from session four. It was very uh, uh, informative from that angle. And even with ASO, you know, they're a larger group, but in the same respect, they said, hey, we're going to get A321s because we already have AOCs with Airbus equipment. We can put those aircraft on that AOC where we already know how to manage and operate that equipment. And it's not going to be mixed in with our Boeing products because then it is kind of a cross stream and it doesn't make sense. So it's just recognition and awareness and strategically moving in a path that gives you or, or gives you or, or yields you the greatest benefit on your um, revenue potential. So that was one of the things that I thought was was great mm. as far as the uh, EMEA event is concerned. Right. And uh, one of the things we try to focus on uh, with this event, of course, is um, innovation and the future. And we had that, didn't we, with um, the drone session, which I thought was interesting, but also um, today's presentation uh, on zero petroleum. Um, and I think people do need to uh, kind of take note um, of this stuff and that it, how its importance um, for, for this industry going um, forward. I will agree, and I will definitely thank uh, Patty Lowe and his team for joining us today. That was a great experience to just see in actuality and not just kind of hear about the, the things that are being done, but the presentation he gave was awesome because he said, I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to show you how this works. And it's already proven. And to me, I'm encouraged by the fact that his actual fuel, the synthetic aviation fuel that he presented today, was tested with the Royal Air Force. And, you know, that's a top-notch military outfit. And they don't just take a chance to say, hey, we're going to go out on the wire here and just see if this works. They did their homework. 
and to me that gives me a level of confidence of knowing not only is this a capable product but you have the tangible resources needed to support a major infrastructure going forward for years to come and just knowing that this uh synthetic aviation fuel is is basically built off of the air we breathe that's right there and it's it's, it's just you know awe-inspiring to just uh for for lack of better words and i'm just really really excited about the future and what it holds for zero petroleum and i wouldn't be surprised if you know governments start to really really get involved with contributions and you know giving all kinds of tax breaks and opening up the door of assistance to see that this platform is firmly entrenched for years to come because uh this would enable the global initial you know this would seriously enable the global initiative to be completed by 2050 to be zero carbon free throughout the world so uh congratulations to that team i'm looking forward to hearing more many more great things to come uh as we watch you guys continue to develop and uh move forward yeah i think if i had to sum up the the uh entire conference i think the word reassuring uh, comes to mind. Um, it wasn't overly optimistic. Uh, I think it would. There was a, a realistic, uh, sober approach. Um, but but I was reassured, and and I didn't expect that going in, frankly. So, I would definitely say uh, sobriety was was the uh, takeaway from from the event because, you know, even just from the first day when we arrived, you know, outside of the bleak outlook when the crowds just looked like it wasn't going to be that great and then it just slowly built up. It kind of is reflective of the current state we are, are in right now within the industry. It's going to slowly build up, but it's going to build up and everyone else just needs to keep uh, not only faith, but patience and to continue working it one step at a time to bring it back to a level of comfortable, through uh, comfortable generation of revenue and earnings and growth, so. On that note, that's all that we have time for today. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time. <laughs>